Fool. You fool. James. Raf. Some great feedback. Has there? You triggered it. I triggered some great feedback. Yeah. Oh, you mean like in our podcast reviews? Yeah. Well, I also meant like on Twitter, the people suggesting fantastic uh, episode ideas. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who piled into our thread on Twitter, giving us some actually wonderful ideas for future episodes. But off the top, let's kick it off with some reviews. What have we got? We got some reviews. Uh, we love our reviews, folks. We love reviewers that come on Apple Podcasts and sing our praises. A reviewer whose username is sort of a string of random characters. You know, I'm no, I'm no detective, but I would imagine they kind of just mashed a, a keyboard or touchscreen keyboard. Just reads, good podcast. Great stuff coming out of here. Thank you. A- another one from, uh, I guess, someone named Sam. Subject line, quality gear, five stars. And then body text, I'll repeat myself, quality gear. You know, this is the response that we're trying to evince out of people, you know? Yeah. We appreciate that. But then on the Twitter account, the Downround Twitter account run by our faithful staff, underpaid and overworked staff, Yep, which is us. Well, yeah, which totally. Is, it's you. It's me, yeah, yeah. Extremely <laughs> underpaid. Zero dollars, actually. Unpaid zero dollars. Yeah, well, that's going to change soon. Don't worry about that. You asked, what should we talk about? And to be honest, it was actually pretty intimidating. I was like, oh, God, I forget that the listener, you, the listener who's listening to this is, like, smart. Yeah, no, um, I did stipulate that clowns and jokers wouldn't be tolerated, but there actually weren't any clowns and jokers, just some very wise suggestions. I know. I was um, like, I can't, I forgot that people listen to this. Yeah, no, and it's not just talking to the void, which is which is nice, but also in a way confronting. But I mean like people, like it's not just- Not just numbers it, in a Spotify. It's not the NPC, you know, cartoon. Oh, like the grey face, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like people who- Consider the information, and they like interpret make, it. They might they may disagree, which yeah, is they, a frightening. Prospect. They have their own, and probably are more knowledgeable, at least than me on a lot of the topics. But um, but are they confident enough to shoot from the hip as I do? I guess that's no. This is what separates man from beast. You know, this is what I'm, the confidence to put yourself com- out there. Competitive advantage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I'm willing to have an opinion on anything. Yeah. Look, and in future we will cover a lot of these subjects. I think um, some of them we're already going to, others were fresh. Yeah, but we're, well, we're covering one today. But there was, yeah, there was one that leapt out immediately and one that I had completely forgotten that we, we definitely should do an episode about from Kristen Johnson who said, how about Apple being forced to go USB-C in the EU and the rumours they might come after their App Store and iMessage Monopoly next? He goes on, please also start the episode with Raf saying James and James saying Raf, I like that bit. Little so, tick. <laughs> big tick. It is actually a good one to talk about, the old Apple Lightning connector, Mm. RIP, Mm. 10 years strong. Well, we say RIP, it's going to be a slow death. Yeah, probably. Well, you're true, actually. True, true, true. It's been around since 2012, that's when they launched it. We're talking about the cable that you plug in to charge iPhones currently. Correct, yeah, the little little one, little narrow one, replaced the um, big wide one that they had since the- Yeah, the big dog. Yeah, the why I was actually working at an Apple store when the changeover happened. Mm. I was there to witness history firsthand. Yeah. As like legions of Bondi people who were incensed about having to get a new cable. All their little, uh, this was obviously the era when you would plug in, you could buy speakers that had like an iPod dock. Yeah. 
Yeah, big ugly ones. Um, like, well, I mean, you still go to certain hotels and they'll have an old school connector, like a dock. Yeah, to pop it in. Yeah, not me. I go places that are Bluetooth only. Yeah, I look. I, <laughs> I say that. I feel like when I say that, I mean like three or four years ago, maybe you'd still in Bunbury go yeah, to yeah. one. But no, the Ace Hotel is better than that. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to see they're maintaining some standards. Yeah, so the Lightning is gone. Uh, and look, I'll praise Lightning. I'll give it one moment of praise before we move on. Mm-hmm. It was it was like the first reversible charger. I, I was going to say the same thing. You could do it either way. You could do it either way. and Unlike USB. Yes. Um, micro US, USB. Micro USB. That was a dog shit connector back then. Let me just put it out there. Well, okay. I, mean, I think this was the era of mini USB. Yeah, mini USB. Let's reminisce. Mini USB is the more kind of rectangular one. It was like two rectangles. It was like a little chunk. One. Yeah, and then like a little bit out the side. That was a horrible cable. Horrible cable. And the one that came after micro USB, really skinny and like cheap. Yeah. Again, not reversible. So when Lightning came out, you were like- yeah, baby, this is this is the future. Yeah. Plug it in any which way you want. I remember that Apple did a big thing when they announced it. It was very like, the future is here. You're able to plug it in whatever way you like. And to be fair, Apple's original cable was dog shit. That big wide one. You know, you had to squeeze the sides, remember, to plug it in. Oh, yeah. That was like back, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. It had the little, yeah. Little, little, little side squeezy things. They did abandon the side squeezy things and go for like the more slimline yeah. version. But. It was still a nightmare. But the Lightning was great for a year or two, and then obviously USB-C was introduced by Mm. the USB consortium or whatever, which is the nice, slender- Ovular. Ovular, you could say, connector that now we're now at the point. I feel like in the past couple of years, we've really gotten to the point where sort of everything has it. The other end of your Lightning cable now is USB-C. Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Apple had switched over to USB-C for everything on their laptops, their iPads. yeah. Um, they really made the switch anyway. But look, the thing that motivated them this week to announce that the iPhone was going over to USB-C was that the EU, the bureaucrats- The regulators. Yep. In um, in Brussels. Exactly. <laughs> sitting in their Belgian palaces, dictating the way the world works, announced earlier this year that they were going to basically compel all phones that were sold in Europe to uh, have to use USB-C. The motivation behind that was environmental. Basically, they said yeah. they wanted to minimise e-waste. If you have too many different connectors, then e-waste accumulates, I guess, is the, the point they were getting at. Like, wouldn't it be nice if you are going on holiday, you could bring one cable and it would charge everything? Yeah, although, as I said, they, they don't put frame in those terms. They say they're saving the planet by doing it because they're Europeans. Now, Apple's response, because they were framing in those terms, said, actually, this is really bad for the environment because now... What are people going to do with all these lightning cables? Exactly. They're probably <laughs> going to burn them in a big bonfire. So and it's creating more waste because yeah, exactly. now all the lightning cables won't be able to be used. Obviously, that's a bit- That's great. And yeah, they had a big talk about it, which- See, uh, my feeling is that the, the lightning cable was at the end of its life. It was really- Yeah, but it's just it's purely because Apple don't like being told what to they do. They don't like right? being told what to do. Because as you say, like they're obviously moving towards USB-C anyway. Yeah, exactly. And the and there's really no benefits to the lightning cable. It's USB 2. Yeah, it's it trans- slower. It transfers data slower. It is, they. I mean, it is a little bit narrower, maybe a little bit more compact for your small devices, maybe. Mm. But yeah, literally the only things that Apple still sells that uses it are A, the iPhone currently, mm. the AirPods still have it. Yeah. You're like um, Magic Mouse. Yeah, you- Magic Mouse and the keyboard. The both keyboard, they, they both still use it. But they're obviously just using it 
I mean, they do use it for connection, like the, your initial connection. Although you can do initial connection via Bluetooth, but it's purely for charging, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's not going to be hard to swip it out. Like, they can easily swap it out. So there's really not a whole lot left. And there's no benefit. As you said, there's no benefits to it. They did have the benefit. I know Apple loves this as well, is where they will um, slap like a made, what do they call it? It's like made for iPhone yeah. logo on it. So you know when you buy like a third-party cable, it's probably going to be reasonably solid and not going to conk out on you, mm. whereas you can definitely get much shitter USB-C cables. They like to control the experience of it. But, again, that's not really a great... I mean, you know, people still buy bootleg lightning cables on Alibaba. That or at Amazon. Could, I mean, you can yeah, buy Yeah, exactly. Anyway. They can incinerate your home. Yeah. Probably. I mean, the USB-C thing, they have a little bit cocked it up because it isn't, unfortunately, as simple as just like now there is one cable and one charging thing because, you know, there's all the different like voltages. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other thing is there are so many different like types of cables within USB-C, which is normally it's not a problem for 99% of people, um, but it can be. Like you can definitely get one that has like a lower data throughput. Yeah. You can get, you know, whereas at least- you notice that when you try and get like an all-in-one Qi charger, for example, which I have, you know, like if you want to have- Next to your bedside table, a beautiful dock that you can charge your phone, your watch, and your headphones on. I've or, never had that impulse. Or, never. Or wirelessly. Well, I've got multiple. <laughs> got one on my desk, one on this bed. But if you use the wrong bum and the wrong cable, like the watch won't charge or like it, it won't have enough power to charge all three and blah, 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 blah. So like it is a bit of a mess that you've, you've got to make sure you get the right type of USB-C. Yeah. How did they screw that up? I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit all over the shop. In one sense, I kind of get they're trying to control the experience a bit. They were like, yes, the lightning is shit, but there's just one of them. Yeah. But also- Well, that said, there's one of them. But So, you know the the classic Apple bum? And when, by bum, I mean the thing that plugs into the wall. Like, <laughs> I was going to ask what the hell you're talking the about. The bum, you, you know. You said bum like five times. <laughs> I've, never, I've never used that language, but I, I can get what you- The power brick. Okay. That you plug the cable into that plugs into uh, the power How long have you called that a bum? It's the bum. Okay, cool. It's the bum of the cable. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's um, standard parlance. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to dwell on it. <laughs> Let's move on. But that's really slow at charging. Yeah. It's the slowest, basically. It has, has very low wattage or voltage. I'm not an electrician. I'm not a sparky. <laughs> and Apple have basically said, like, yeah, look, we would have rather include a bigger one with – but everyone loves the tiny one. They just love the that small slimline one. That oh. just, people love just the small one. They don't want the faster charging. They'd rather have the smaller bum. The small slender bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Like it's the 90s. <laughs> Heroin chic. <laughs> right? But um, they're moving to USB-C. They're doing it kicking and screaming. Yeah. But. I, yeah, I feel like they were going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway, but, it's, but they don't like being told to do it. And also, I feel like there's like a politics side where they, like everyone else in the tech industry, wants to tell the EU to fuck off, basically. Which, to be fair, I do have some concerns, even in particular with this law. Like, I think it's better. We want USB-C. I think. Or at least I'm saying, I don't know if you agree with me here. I think the world will be better if yeah, you yeah. can charge your phone and your iPod, or your AirPods and whatever. With one cable. Yeah, with one cable with USB-C, especially as it has faster transfers. But at the moment, the law does specifically dictate this particular cable. So there is an argument to be made that it stifles innovation. Yeah, this is the- um, With a caveat, which we'll get to later, that there's a loophole in the law, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, I mean, this is the complaint that industry says, is that, you know, this may be good, and I know everyone loves their USB-Cs. Do they, I don't know if they love it, but people love having one cable. But if um, the EU tell you that it has to be USB-C, that's going to stifle innovation for whoever is USB consortium or whoever- or individual companies are developing a better charging solution. Yeah, it'll, um, it'll stop people from even investing money into it because why would you invest money in making a product that breaks yep. the law? 
yeah, in, into crimes, into <laughs> putting money into committing crimes. So let's we'll back up a bit because I think it's good to get a little bit of context on why the EU is like calling the shots on this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. basically. So the, over the past, you know, ten years or so, the EU has, to a certain extent, pitched itself, but also has been described as a regulatory superpower. Like one of their big exports is regulation. Mm. And there's something that obviously American Congress is incapable of doing. Yeah, totally. So, a few different reasons for that. One is that obviously Europeans do love regulation uh, historically. You know, they love putting on some guardrails for what people can and can't do within when it comes to business or, and whatever. Also, it's a huge and relatively wealthy market. There's 750 million people in the EU. Mm. And if you want access to 750 million high wealth, generally, customers, You've got to play by their rules, mm-hmm. and it's not economical to make one product for the EU that you're not making for the, the US market, the Australian market, and whatever. Exactly. So, so they automatically have a huge amount of, of sway. So two great functions of the EU. One, they stop Germany doing a Holocaust every 20 years. <laughs> oh, <good>. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, stop, you know, it stops Germany and France blowing each other up. Mm-hmm. That's the great, one of the great achievements of the EU. And second, they help you have one phone charger. Yeah, <laughs> that's the two things the well, European Union does. Well, and three, they make every website in the world Unusable. more annoying. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the three grand. This is why they got the um, the Nobel Prize. And and so Europe has kind of lent into this. The other side of it, and this is okay. So this is like the, what the tech industry would say. Europe doesn't fucking make anything. Yeah, they don't have a tech industry. They do have a tech industry. Mm. Europe has like a relatively thriving tech industry, mm. but it's nowhere near the size. Of America, I saw a stat the other day that said that um, you know, Israel alone has more unicorns, as in startups that are worth over a billion dollars, than all of Europe. So as a, so, the the tech industry would say, Europe doesn't make anything; mm. it just like fucks with the stuff that we make. We're we're Americans; we're we're building the future, and Europe is sort of just like holding us back and eking money out of us. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm very big on this, and this includes China, by the way. You want to sell in a certain market, you follow their rules. And I actually don't begrudge companies for... I'm an absolutist on this point. If you're a business, you've got to follow the law. That's so nice, yeah. Controversial to say nowadays, apparently. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Europe are trying to protect their own consumers. That's what the EU does. I think sometimes they (laughs) certainly overreach or at least don't have the foresight to see the implications of some of their decisions, i.e. every time you go to a website, you have to accept cookies, which is completely broken. However, sorry, what is it? Broken. Okay, good. Busted. Got it, okay. But the spirits, at least they can get things done, is my opinion. You want to hear me shoot from the hip? Try passing through, as I said, through Congress, something like this that makes a company do something that's in the interest of the people, i.e. the consumers. It's not going to happen because there's way too many special interests at play. There's way too many like weird philosophical ideas and absolutism and whatever that means that it's just a non-starter to attempt to regulate. Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're not going to kneecap their own industry as well. I mean, like the tech industry is American. Yes, there are there are like plenty of companies, like China has a thriving one, Japan has a thriving tech industry, all about Australia. You know, we've got our own sort of backwards little tech industry here. But at the end of the day, America leads. But even the way you're framing that as kneecapping, kind of implies that somehow like this is inherently bad for business. And I guess it is bad for Apple insofar as the timeline has changed. It's not operating on their own timeline. But, like, one would say that competition will actually make these businesses stronger well, yeah, in look, the long run. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of, like, the real politic of what 
how American lawmakers will think about it. Yeah. Yes, they want to protect consumers. Well, I don't know. Some of them want to protect consumers. But there's also a general sense that, like, these are, this is our industry. We lead it. This is a big slice of our GDP pie. Mm. This is of strategic importance, what tech companies do. Yeah. We want to own, you know, the battlefield of the future, blah, blah, blah. So hands off. So hands off. You know, yeah. they're always going to be held back a little bit there. And obviously there's going to be, they're going to put the heat to your Mark Zuckerbergs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all for show. Yeah, but I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Modern circuses, mate. Well, I, maybe I've discussed yeah. this, we've discussed this before, yeah, yeah. but like obviously nothing ever comes out of those. No, no, no. You bring Austin Zuckerberg and Jack into a room and get some yep. 15 second points get replayed on MSNBC or Fox News. And that's the whole purpose of those like show trials, effectively. And then the businesses go back to what they were doing with like zero regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, politicians get sure. a slightly higher profile. Yeah. And like Australia does the same thing with tech companies as Europe does on a different scale, we also try to regulate them as kind of like a protectionist thing, like trying to protect local industries, local businesses from the sort of like colonizing effect of US tech companies. Obviously, the big one over the past few years was the news media bargaining code yeah. where they were eking out money from Facebook and Google to hand to- Murdoch. To Murdoch, basically. <laughs> but the way the ACCC thought about it is that like we're trying to protect- Local businesses, essentially, yeah. and whether you know whether you accept that reasoning, that's kind of what they led with. Mm. And Europe does a lot of that as well. Um, yes, it's consumer protection, but it's also like let's try and protect our our consumers, our businesses, whatever, from the operations of U.S. tech companies. But obviously, the EU has substantially more sway than Australia. Mm. We're a high wealth market, but we're still only you know twenty five million people. Mm. Whereas, as I said, Europe seven hundred fifty million people. Um, they can actually make companies do something. Whereas, as you might recall, with the news media bargaining code, when Australia tried to like to shake down Facebook for some money, basically, mm. to hand to on a platter to, to Murdoch, they turned off news on Facebook for a day. They were like, look how your, your world could be. And everyone just had a beautiful 48 hours yeah. with no news on Facebook. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to watch from that angle, to look at it from that angle as well. Just like, kind of like protectionist, antitrust kind of way of approaching things. Mm. The one carve out of the EU thing, I'm not the one carve out, I haven't analysed it line by line, but Qi charging and wireless charging isn't mentioned. And I, I saw some rumour mongering, which I, to be clear, I don't believe this is going to happen, but suggestions that Apple could potentially just in all of their European devices just have no charging port at all and it has to be... What's the, what's the MagSafe called now? MagSafe charging? Oh, yeah. Wireless charging, Qi charging yeah, yeah. only or whatever with it, like MagSafe because that isn't part of it. You can offer that. It's just if it's like a connect, a cable connector, it has to be USB-C. And to be fair, like Apple and the world in general is probably moving towards wireless charging. It's not there yet and that would be a, yeah. a rather dramatic move if they did it. But it, it's not unprecedented. In, in apparently in the American versions of the iPhone, which are eSIM only, it still has a, a SIM card slot. It's just kind of... Sealed off. It's just empty space in the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're going to hobble it in that regard. And there was also the funny thing a few years ago where they tried to build that air power. Yeah, mat. Well, they tried to build the charger that I'm talking about that I have a third party kind of knockoff version of. Yeah, but which it just- where it's just like a large pad that you could put like four or five devices on, mm. um, and they couldn't do it. I mean, what, what's the limitation on yours? Like, how many can you charge? I can do three at once. But apparently, the issue with the Apple mat. So the idea is I can put down my phone, I can put down my watch, I can put down my AirPods because they're all wireless charging enabled. Is it like separate little 
coil. In mine, they're yeah. separate. Okay, so, yeah, like, yeah. the phone goes in one spot, the watch goes in one yeah, spot, okay, the AirPods go cool. in another. But the watch and the phone use different coils. Yeah. And in order for the mat to be effective, they wanted you to be able to put your watch anywhere you wanted, yeah. in your yeah. phone, anywhere, but <laughs> putting those coils too close together yeah, or yeah. something. Because like, basically Apple announced it during one of their um, annual product announcements that they were releasing this air power mat. Everyone was like, this is so sick. You can throw your phone on, you can just toss your watch on and your whatever all onto one mat in whatever organization or mm. arrangement you want. And they just kept delaying it every year. They were like, oh, it's not quite ready. Or they just kept moving the data ahead on the website. Mm. And then the, the, I can't remember who did the investigation, but it was basically revealed that like the electrical engineers in Apple's HQ were like, this is like physically impossible mm. like the, the <laughs> kept catching on fire the thing, without without becoming like dangerously hot there's actually it's like defies law of physics to have a mat work that way yeah um so they had to like quietly cancel it well quietly it, they printed up airpods with the airpods charging on the mat on the back of the airpods box like it's very unapple like this yeah. was obviously very late in the game that they had to pull this because it was getting too hot because like yeah, there is packaging that was released to the public with this device on it. Yeah. That then, yeah, yeah, can't do it. But it's because of the friggin' watch. The watch is the issue. The watch uses a different coil thing. It's not the same chi. One day we'll be in a world where just everything is charging all the time. And just, just through like osmosis. Yeah, right, cool. And it's like your brain is just slowly cooking inside your <laughs> yeah, skull. Or yeah, yeah, our brain is charging too. That'll be good, right? <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a great trade off. <laughs> 